brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Matthew, of course, is the first book of the, of the New Testament, so that should be easy to, to get to. The Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 7, verse 7 and verse 8. Jesus is speaking here. He says, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receive it. And he that seeketh, find it. And to him that knocketh shall be opened. I like that. Let me read it again. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Verse 8. For everyone that asketh receiveth. And he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh, the door shall be opened. Father, once again, we thank you for your word. This morning I pray that you will speak to us through your word. Anoint these lips of clay that I will declare your word as an oracle of God. Father, I anoint every ear to hear your word and I anoint every heart to receive your word. Let this word fall upon the good ground of our heart. Use this word to steer up our spirit man, to develop our faith and to rekindle our fire for prayers. Help us to understand the need and the power of prayers that we will begin to live our lives as people of prayer. Glorify your name this moment through your word. I take authority over every spirit of destruction. I bind every power contrary to the spirit of God. I bring them under divine subjection. And I ask, oh God, glorify your name this moment. Let Jesus be glorified. Have your way in this service. And we thank you because your word will have its way in our lives. And will produce a harvest and a fruit that will last unto eternity. Thank you because it is done. 
In Jesus' name we pray and everybody says amen. amen. I want to speak on the power of prayer, the power of prayer. Many times we as believers forget that a primary responsibility we have if we are going to live a Christian, a successful Christian life is that of prayer. If you are a child of God and you want to be a Christian who will live a victorious life, ongoing, an ongoing life of victory, you can't do without prayer. Prayer is not something you do. It's not like a once a week time a thing. It's not a casual thing. It's supposed to be a lifestyle. Amen. Amen. When you make prayer a lifestyle, you are going to have a lifestyle of victory. When you make prayer a lifestyle, you are going to have a lifestyle of conquest. You are going to be conquering the enemy and the devils and the forces of evil. Every time you devote yourself in prayer, every time you commit yourself in prayer as a child of God, you are creating an atmosphere where God's presence surrounds you all the time. Where God manifests his presence all the time. But when you decide as a child of God, or when you allow the enemy to bring you down to the place where you are no more praying as a Christian, as a child of God, guess what? You are going to be a weak Christian, and you are going to be a handkerchief in the enemy's hand. He can bring you out, wipe his face, and do whatever he wants anytime, even though you are a Christian. But you are powerless because you are prayerless. So if you want to live a Christian life that the enemy will be scared of you, if you want to be a terrorist to the camp of the enemy, live the lifestyle of prayer. And I'm not talking of just one, two, three minutes prayer. I'm talking of devoting time, spending time, 30 minutes, one hour, or even more, two hours, in the presence of God, in the place of prayer, where you go beyond the natural, where you go beyond the works of the flesh, where you reach into the spirit realm, into the throne of God, where you touch God in the place of prayer, where the enemy is scared, and the enemy runs away, and the enemy is, is the, the works of the enemy is destroyed because of your place, of your time in the place of prayer. So as I go into this series, I'm going to be sharing with us eight things to reveal or to show us the power of prayer, the reason why we need to pray, the, the things our prayer can accomplish in our lives. And I know I can't finish it today, so I'll just get into the first three, and the, first, the next three weeks I'm going to be sharing the rest of it. So the first thing I want to talk about prayer, number one, prayer produces the answers to prayer. It's not just that we pray, but our prayers have the capacity. The power of prayer means that your prayer produces answer to prayer. If we are praying without answer, without result, it's going to be frustrating. And actually, there will be no incentive to pray if what you are praying, if, if God doesn't answer your prayer. If you're, you are just praying and the prayers never get answered. I mean, one man has to forget about praying. But the point is that the power of prayer means that when you pray, your prayer produces answers to those prayers. That means that God is committed to answering our prayers. Amen. Amen. Look at what Jesus said in Mark chapter 11 verse 24. Mark, the gospel of St. Mark chapter 11 verse 24. He says, therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire. I like that. He's not limiting it to your spiritual life. He says, what things soever you desire. When you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. They could be spiritual. They could be physical. 
They could be um, emotional. They could be financial. They could be career. They could be about your education, your studies. One thing soever you desire. If you desire something, if you need something from God, if you want to see something happen, Jesus says that when you desire it, when you pray about it, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. That means that the power of prayer will bring answers from God to you. The power of prayer guarantees that when you are praying that God is committed to answering your prayer. And don't you ever allow the enemy to um, um, defeat you or de um, deceive you by making you think when you are praying that God is not listening. That is the lie of the devil. Every time you take time to pray, listen, God listens to you. God hears your prayer and God is willing to answer those prayers. But you need to pray in faith. Jesus says, when you pray, believe that you receive them. That is key. So important. As you are praying, believe that what you are praying about is going to be answered. That God is going to answer your prayer. Believe that God is going to grant you the desires of your heart. Believe that God is going to do what you are asking him to do. Because that is the power of prayer. Jesus says, if you believe what you are asking about, he says you shall receive them. Amen. That means the power of prayer has the power to receive something from God's hand in the spirit realm and have it manifest in the physical. That means that with your little hand, you can reach out with the hand of faith in the place of prayer into the presence of God in heaven and receive whatever it is you need from God. Don't ever limit your, your, your prayer life or the things you ask God in prayer or your faith because that is the secret. That is the source of receiving anything you need from God. Prayer produces answer to prayer because you have power with God in prayers. When you pray, God answers. I want that to sink in. When you pray, God answers. I want you to say to yourself, when I pray, no, say it this way, if I pray, God will answer. When I, pray, when I pray, God will answer. God will answer. From, today, From today, I choose to pray. I choose to live a life of prayer. And I know that God will answer. So is it. So it's so important for us as believers to understand that the only way we can get answers from God is if we pray. Flip it around. That means if you don't pray, there won't be any answer. If you don't take time to pray, guess what? Even though God knows what you need, even though God knows that you, you are desperate for it, but if you don't talk to him about it or don't ask about it, guess what? He's not going to answer because you have not asked. Jesus said, ask and it shall, it shall be given you. That means if you don't ask, it won't be given you. It's as simple as that. God knows what we need, but God wants you to ask. He wants you to come ask Him. So the first thing about the prayer, the power of prayer, is that prayer produces answers to those prayers we pray. Number two, prayer produces victory in spiritual conflict. Amen. This is so important. The only way you can, you and I can have victory over the enemy. And by the way, in case you don't know, we are in war front. 
We are not in Afghanistan. We are not in Iraq. Especially during the peak of the war, those of us soldiers, when we deploy to those places, you are in combat. Actually, the government will even pay you more. There's a, what they call combat pay just for being in combat, in a combat zone. And we are constantly, you, when you are deployed to those places, you are constantly fighting. You never get to sleep because you know the enemy can strike any day, any time. But do you know that you and I as believers, we are in war front. Until you treat your Christian life and know that you are in combat, you are in battle, you will never succeed as a Christian. You will never live a victorious life as a believer. Why? Because you will think you are a civilian. The devil is minding his business and you are minding your business. No! As a child of God, you are not a civilian. You are a militant Christian. You are a soldier of Christ and you are in combat. And until you understand that, you will never be able to defeat the enemy. But when you understand that you are in combat, there is spiritual war going on. And the only way you can win that war is when you engage the enemy in the place of prayer. So the power of prayer produces victory in spiritual conflict. Without the power of prayer, without prayer, you have no power to engage the enemy. Of course, Jesus has paid the price. He has delivered the victory to us. But for you to access that victory, for you to appropriate the victory that was accomplished on the cross of Calvary, for you to make it yours personally, you need to do that in the place of prayer. That is the only place you can engage the enemy in the spiritual conflict and you can defeat the works of the enemy. If you are not a praying Christian, I'm telling you, the enemy will come against you and will easily defeat you. Easily. Because he, there's no power backing you. There's no power in you. But when you are a praying Christian, you don't wait for the enemy to come. You take the battle to him. You go into his camp. You go engage him in, 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 the, in combat and you defeat him. The place of prayer is the place where we engage the enemy. We get on the offensive. Let me tell you, you can never win any battle in this life, spiritually or physically, when you fight from a defensive position. Every time, the reason, one of the reasons why the U.S. military always wins all its wars is because it never fights from a defensive position. The U.S. military doesn't wait for the enemy to come and attack him before he, he, he fights. No, he goes to the enemy. That is why we are, we are constantly deploying. What is deployment? Deployment is you, the military, taking the battle to the enemy, going to the camp of the enemy, and going to fight him there. That is the only way you are going to win because now you are pushing him into the defensive and he is now the one that is fighting, trying to save his, himself. You are going to his camp, into his territory and taking territories. That is how you win the battle. Every time the U.S. military or U.S. government wait for the enemy to attack first, they lose. 9-11, what happened in 9-11? The enemy took us by surprise. The enemy took the offensive position. The enemy brought the battle to our territory and we lost. Three thousand, almost 3,000 lives died of 9-11. Why? Because we are not on the offensive. We were on the defensive. They pushed us to the defensive. They took us unawares. And all of a sudden, we woke up and said, no way. And we took the battle to them. We took the offensive and took the battle to them. Wherever they are, in Iraq, Afghanistan, wherever they are, we took the battle to them and the enemy was defeated. ISIS would never have been defeated if there was no offensive. We taking the battle to their camp, to their headquarters, and bombarding everywhere and 
and destroy them. And that is how you win the battle physically. The same thing applies spiritually. If you are not going to take the battle to the camp of the enemy, if you are going to wait for the enemy to strike you, you have already lost. You are already losing. That to, to win spiritual victory, spiritual conflict, you've got to fight from the offensive position. You've got to go find the enemy and take the battle to him and destroy him. Don't wait until the enemy attacks you. Don't wait until you are down and bound by the spirit of this depression or discouragement before you. If the enemy has you there, he's already winning because you allowed him to bring the battle to you and he crowded you with the spirit of depression and now you can't even get out of bed. You are struggling and you don't even want to leave. You have some people now venturing to suicide and they want to take their life. Why? Because the enemy brought the battle to them. The enemy is on the offensive and they are on the defensive. But if you want to win the battle, even of the mind, come on, every day you wake up, take the battle to the enemy. Take it against the enemy. Say to me, say to you, spirit of depression, today I come against you. You can't touch me. I arrest you in the name of Jesus. I bind you in the name of Jesus. I banish you from my life. You can't have a hold of me. I am a, I am a conqueror. I am a warrior. I am greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So you can't touch me. I refuse to, to be depressed today. I refuse to be down today. I'm going to go out as a conqueror, as a warrior, and you decree the things you want to see happen, and you move out. The enemy is just going to say, uh-oh, today is not my day. I'm just going to stay off. And what were you doing? You are taking the battle to him, and if there was any spirit that was sent against you to bring you down, you have taken the battle to them, and in the place of prayer, you have destroyed their works. But if you wait until he brings the battle, if you wait until the enemy sends the attack force, you are already fighting from a defensive position. So, as a believer, if you are going to win the battle of life, if you are going to become a conqueror and a victor, if you are going to constantly live as a victorious Christian, you've got to learn how to take the battle to the enemy, to win the battle from the offensive position. And it is only in the place of prayer that you can do that. So, prayer, the power of prayer produces victory. In spiritual conflict. Amen. Amen. Mark chapter 9 verse 29. Jesus said. And he said unto them. This kind can come forth by nothing. But by prayer and by fasting. There was a situation that Jesus was facing his disciples. I mean he went to pray. And then by the time they brought to them. Someone that was demon possessed. And the enemy. The, the, that spirit was tormenting this little boy. And his father was desperate. And he said he was literally begging the disciples to deliver this boy. And they tried everything they could. They could but nothing was working. When Jesus came back he was literally frustrated with them. Hey how long am I going to be with you? Haven't you learned this thing? And he just kicked that devil out. And after he delivered him and they were surprised. And he said to them. You see this kind can't go out except by prayer. That means there are things that will never be accomplished in the, that, uh, if not for the place of prayer and many times with fasting. Do you know that to every time you get in the place of prayer, the enemy gets scared. Why? Because the enemy is scared of the power of prayer. If you are not a praying Christian, the enemy can never be as afraid of you. If you want to be a terror to the devil, if you want to give the enemy heart attack every day, become a person, a man or woman of prayer. Because in the place of prayer, the enemy, do you know, even when you pray, there is a spiritual fire. 
There's a spirit of the glow, the glory of God that so that bonds that encompasses you that from afar the enemy can see you and know that oh, oh this I can't touch this one. But when the enemy senses that you, you are empty or you are dry or you are not a praying Christian, he can easily come and strike. And he is going to constantly push you into the offensive, defensive position. I remember some years ago, a um, few years ago now, and this happened while I was back home. There was a church, um, one of the home church I grew up in, there was this Thanksgiving service that was being held. Um, my part of my family, my maternal family, and I was invited. We normally do it once a year, so we were there. And then the pastor, the, the prayer session was going on, and then the pastor asked me to round up the prayer. Now, before this time, there was this condition, this situation all the time. All the time we grew up, I knew there was this lady who had the spirit of epilepsy was really harassing the church at that time. Every time the church was in session, and every time it's as if, you know, we are clapping and singing, and all of a sudden, that devil will strike. And he will take this girl out, and the moment she, she falls and begins to convulse and foam, and you know, everybody within that area, that seat, will disappear. Everybody will run around, run away, and move to, you know, because there is this belief too back in Africa that even if the saliva touches you, you 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 you, you contact the thing, right? But the bottom line is that they are scared of the devil. They were scared of that. That was an evil spirit. That was an unclean spirit. The devil was harassing the church many times growing up, and even me in those days when I was growing up and. Many times we observe that we all felt helpless. In the middle of the service, that will happen and every it will destroy the service and everybody. And the rest of the two rows around that where that lady sat will always be empty. Because everybody is scared and nobody wants to go back there. So on this day, but, but the good thing was that before this time, I have now discovered my spiritual authority. Amen. Amen. I have now become a man of prayer. Not just a man of God. There are men of God that are not people of prayer and that are empty and powerless. It's not about the title. It's about being a man of prayer and knowing your authority. So thank God on this day, the devil decided to show up again. So I was praying, running up the prayer, and all of a sudden I heard the noise of this lady. And the devil, that spirit just threw her down and she began to convulse. And everybody around there just ran. Disappeared, and I said, right, the more I opened my eyes and saw what was happening, and I said to myself, oh, "Oh, devil, not this time around. You miss it." And I just rounded up the prayer, went over the girl, laid hands on her forehead, and I said, "You unclean spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus, lose her now." And immediately, her epilepsy ceased. She was like shaking, up the whole thing stopped, and I command. Peace be still. I command healing deliverance. Right now, I command her to get up in the name of Jesus. And for the first time, people were surprised because that has not happened in that church. That that devil has been has been running the show for many years. But the point is that my question now became: Why did we as a church wait for so long for the devil to harass us as a church for a long time without anybody challenging me? Every time you don't challenge the enemy when he shows up, guess what? He will keep doing it and he loves it. The enemy enjoys that kind of attention. 
He enjoys running the show. The enemy enjoys taking the place of God. And you are trying to give glory to God. He shows up and scatters everything and messes up your mood. He enjoys it. If you don't do something about it. So every time or the next time you see the devil rearing up his ugly head, don't just feel helpless. Don't just feel, well, what, what can I do? No. Rise up and take authority over him. Every time you sense conflict in your relationship, know there is a spirit of conflict that, has, that is at work. Take authority over the spirit of conflict. Every time there is sickness and disease coming around, take authority over the spirit of infirmity. Every time you are dealing with, uh, with, with severe lack and, and poverty and, and, and you know, trying to make ends meet, take authority over the spirit of poverty and lack. Every time you sense there are doors that have closed and you are trying to make, make a way, you are trying to go beyond the, you know, the natural to, to reach your goal and there just seems to be no way to wait. I'm telling you, take authority over the spirit of limitation. Take authority over the spirit of stagnation. And I don't know who I'm talking to, but I've come to announce to you by the power of prayer, every yoke over your life is being broken. I speak over your life now. Limitation by the power in the name of Jesus, I command them to be broken now. Every spirit of stagnation that has kept you on the same spot in life, I command them now be broken. Every spirit of rise and fall that makes you to rise and fall in different seasons of your life, I command them now be broken in the name of Jesus. Every spirit of failure that has followed you in life, and for some of you, it's coming from your from your ancestral lineage I break the spirit of failure in the name of Jesus when we take time to pray we can take authority over the enemy we can break the power of the enemy when you sense the enemy at work don't go to sleep don't just say well there's nothing I can do there is something you can do and what you can do is to take the barrel to the enemy come on get on your offensive side some of you have been fighting the enemy for a long time from the defensive position like I said before you can never win any battle fighting from the defense from the defensive position because the enemy has already pushed you to the wall you are right there you are helpless and you are just like oh leave, leave me alone leave me you are just trying to fight your way out but when you take um, uh, the, the battle to the enemy you get on your offensive that is why Jesus speaking about the kingdom of God he says that the kingdom of God suffered violence and the violence taken by force and the kingdom of God is advancing it's not he says that even the gate of hell cannot prevail. Why? Because the kingdom of God is going to go into the gate of hell. He's not going to wait for the gate of hell to come to it. The, the kingdom of God, the gospel, takes the, the, the power of the gospel to the gate of hell and defeats the enemy and runs the enemy out of town. Do you know there are many cities and towns and villages, especially from in Africa, that used to be the enemy used to run the show. I'm telling you what I know. Many of our cities and villages and towns, the enemy used to run the show many years ago. There are demons that used to be in charge of these places. There are things you can't do because the enemy is in charge and those demon spirits were in charge. But over the time, the power of the gospel came and the light of the gospel came and the power of the gospel ran the devil out of the cities. There are many cities and villages that the enemy has been run out of. 
off. I mean, the church and uh, the, the, the gospel has invaded the cities and villages whereby many years ago there used to be darkness, there used to be idol worship, there used to be all kinds of things, but now the gospel has taken control, taken over. The only way such ever happened was because there was an offensive position. There was an offensive battle where we go do crusade, where we go preach the gospel, where we go pray and fast and preach the gospel. The power of God was released and the devil was put to shame, was run out of town. And people that even thought... That what if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They had powers. And there are some native doctors that thought they had powers. By the time their power encountered the power of God, the people discovered that, oh, oh we thought this guy had power. He had no power. Because the gospel is the power of God. And it is in the place of prayer that that power is activated. So I challenge you people of God, become a man, a woman of prayer. Don't ever let the devil run the show in your life. Every time you sense the enemy at work, come on, get in the place of prayer. Get in the place, take your authority as a believer and begin to take, rebuke him, begin to bind him, begin to cast him back to the pit of hell where he belongs. The place of prayer is a place that we can have spiritual victory over the conflicts that we have. Remember, we are in war front. You are not a civilian Christian. You are a soldier of Christ. If you don't take the offensive position, you can never win that battle. But when you take the offensive position and you fight from the offensive from the place of prayer, your victory is guaranteed because Jesus has already purchased the victory. All you are doing is to activate it to appropriate it, to make it personal. As I always say, every promise in the Bible is yours potentially. It's mine potentially. The reason why it's potentially is because it doesn't happen automatically. You have to make it happen for yourself. You have to appropriate it for yourself. You have to learn to make it yours personally. And for spiritual victory in, in spirit, for victory in spiritual conflict, the place of prayer is the place where you can appropriate the provisions of victory that has been made already um, available to us through Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. And I'm rounding on this third note, so I'll be able to continue next week. The third thing about the power of prayer is that prayer produces results in the physical. Prayer produces what? result in the physical. The realm of prayer is the realm of the spirit. God dwells in heaven in the realm of the spirit. Every blessing and every promise of God exists in the realm of the spirit. But then we need to be able to transport it as it were from the realm of the spirit for it to manifest physically. 
We need to be able to learn how to make those things that are reality spiritually become realities physically. And prayer is what is like the railroad that can transport the blessings and the breakthroughs and the miracles and the things God has done for us spiritually that can transport it to us so that we can see the physical or we can have the physical result of those things that are realities in the spirit. Matthew chapter 21 verse 22. Matthew 21 22. This is what Jesus says. And he says, all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. In the place of prayer you are asking it, it's as if it's abstract, but it's not really abstract. You want to see those prayers manifest. Jesus says, when you pray, all things whatsoever you ask, or you shall ask, believing that you will receive them, you will receive them. So that means that the things I'm asking God for in prayer can become a physical manifestation. They can become real physically if I apply my faith when praying. You will have the physical manifestations of your prayers only when you pray and when you pray believing. Many people pray in unbelieving. They are doubting. They are praying but they are doubting. They are praying, but they are not really sure. Every time you pray and you are doubting if you will, if that prayer will be answered, forget it. You might as well end that prayer because you won't get it. Every time you are praying and you are saying, oh, but, but what, what if? What if God doesn't answer? Maybe I should have a plan B. What if? Every time you are praying and there is a what if in your mind, forget it. You might as well just stop that prayer. For you to receive the physical manifestation of the result of the answers to those prayers, you must learn to pray, believing while you are still praying. Amen. Amen. While you are praying, don't hope, don't hope that God will answer it sometime in the future. Believe that while you are praying, God is answering. Amen. Amen. Believe that while you are praying, the answer is already released from the presence of God. It is that belief, it is that faith that God will answer, that it is answered already. That's what will bring it into the physical. If you don't have the faith that God will do it when you are praying, it's not going to happen. So don't deceive yourself. You might as well just forget that prayer. But to really pray and believe and um, want to see the physical manifestation, let to pray. Believe him what you are praying for. Believing that it shall come to pass. And I know many times there will be the difference between the time when it manifests. But even at that, believe that God has done it. Even when you have not seen the physical manifestation. The Jesus didn't say you believe you receive it when you see the manifestation. No. He says you believe you receive it when you are seeing what? Praying. So that means that me seeing the physical manifestation is not a condition for my belief. And for those who want to see all the time before they believe, I mean, you can never really walk with God. Because Jesus, when Jesus died and resurrected and appeared before his disciples, the apostles, and Thomas wasn't there. And then Thomas showed up and they tell him, hey, they told him, our master has risen. He appeared, we, we saw him. He said, no, I can't believe it. 
He says, until I see with my eyes. <laughs> In Nigeria, they will say, until I see with my korokoro eyes. <laughs> and I put my fingers in his nail print and see the walls on his feet before I believe. And when he said that, it's as if he pricked the heart of Jesus. It's as if Jesus was hurt. It's like, what? After three and a half years, grooming this man to be a man of faith, to believe me, he still can't believe. All of a sudden, Jesus shows up and says, Thomas, Come and put your thin finger in the foot, in the print, nail print. Come and touch. And he was like, wow. And Jesus says, now you believe because you see. Because you've seen me, you believe. He says, blessed are those who believe. Even without seeing. So if you want to believe, if you want to wait until you see the answer of your prayer manifest before you believe, no. You are grieving the heart of God. You are hurting God. You know like how somebody does something and it hurts you, right? That it really pains you. That's how we, that's what we do to God. When we are not believing while we have not seen the answer. You are hurting, you are grieving his heart. Why? Because he wants you to believe. Believing means that you trust him. Believing means that you count on him. It's like, Lord, I trust you. I don't need to see it before I believe. I know you will do it. I know you are faithful. I trust your faithfulness, so I choose to believe. And then Jesus says, blessed are you. If you believe without seeing, blessed are you. You need a miracle, you have been praying, you have not seen it, keep believing God. And you are blessed already. Because if you, if you wait until you see it manifest before you believe, you are, the blessing that goes with it is not really coming to you. Jesus says, blessed are those who believe without seeing. So that means that to really have, to really please God, to really make God happy as his child, learn to believe his word. Learn to believe him when you ask him for something, even without seeing it. Don't wait until you see the answer, the manifestation, before you believe him. Let's, don't let your faith or your joy let it not be conditioned on you have seen it manifest, you have received the answer, now I'm happy. No. If your happiness or your joy is based on the things you have seen, then that's not joy. Maybe that's happiness. Happiness is based on happiness. When something happens and it's good, you become happiness, happiness, based on happiness. But joy has nothing to do with what happens. Joy is only God that can give it. Amen. Amen. You can't buy joy in Walmart. You can't buy it in Target. You can't buy it anywhere. Only God gives it. And it's one of the fruit of the Spirit. When you have joy, it doesn't matter what you go through. It doesn't matter if you have not seen the physical manifestation of the things you have prayed for. You still rejoice because you know that God is faithful. Amen. Everybody say, God is faithful. God is faithful. Say it like you mean it. God is faithful. God is faithful. I know he will answer my prayers. God is faithful. I know he will not fail me. Amen. If you convince yourself of God's faithfulness, that he is trustworthy, that he will not fail you, he cannot fail you, that he is able to deliver, 
you will always have joy. Amen. You will always have joy, it doesn't matter what. Your joy is not going to be conditioned on what you have and what you don't have. If you have joy because you have money in your pocket, that's not joy, that's happiness. And when that money disappears or your bank account goes red, what's going to happen? We've fall into depression. <laughs> but when you have joy, it doesn't matter what you have or don't have. If you don't have money in your bank account, if you don't have a house, if you don't have food in your, in your, in your fridge, in your storehouse, it doesn't matter. I remember years back, many years back, in my other life, <laughs> There are times when we'll be without food. I'm not talking of here. I'm not talking not even before US. Without food. And guess what? We'll put on the one of those powerful worship music. I love integrity music. I will praise and sing and dance. And yeah, there are some people they had they don't have food and they say, Don't worry, go out my dog. How you respond to life challenges is the difference. It's not about what you have or don't have. And by the grace of God, there's nothing I can have now that can make any difference in the joy of my faith in God. Amen. The houses, the cars. I was telling them on Friday, we sold our car because of the work of God. Oh, Mr. Murano. Now, the point is that there's nothing I can give. I mean, if, if I need to sell this house for the work of God, I can do it. It doesn't mean anything to me. Amen. If I need to sell my escalate for the work of God, I actually wanted to sell it for the work of God. I only couldn't get buyers. <laughs> if you have something, when you come to the point where nothing means anything, where you believe God for something, I believe in God for a kid, for kids, for children, but you know what? You can't take away my joy. Because if that is going to be the condition for your joy, guess what? Then when the kids come, with all the trouble, right? <laughs> oh, this kid, you won't kill me. And <laughs> you know? If you are not, if your joy is going to be conditioned by when your marriage, you believe God for the marriage, right? Guess what? If you don't have joy now, if you don't trust God now, even when the marriage comes, yes. the joy is not because now there are now going to be issues that will come out of the marriage that is like you know what? So at the end of the day, whenever you are in a situation, you think if I buy a house, all my problems will be over? Forget it. Because when you buy, there will be other things that comes with it. That will be enough to sap your joy. Amen. You think if I can only get a PhD, all my problems will be over? Guess what? By the time you get to that stage, you discover that there is nothing there. There are other things. So the bottom line is that what you are hoping for, what you are praying for, what you are waiting for to receive from God should not be the condition for your joy. Amen. Amen. You should have joy Amen. regardless. Amen. You should have peace of God. And only God can give that, regardless. You should have faith. You should believe that God will answer your prayers. That the answer will manifest, regardless. Because if you don't have faith at that time, when you have not seen it, and you wait, you want to see it before you have the faith, you believe, Jesus is not blessing that kind of attitude. He says, blessed is he who believes without seeing. I pray for you today that your faith will arise. Amen. I pray for you today you will enter the realm of prayer. Amen. Where you will begin to experience the power of prayer. Amen. I pray for you today that you will encounter the power of prayer. Amen. That you will begin to live a life of prayer. Amen. That your life as a child of God will become a terror to
to the enemy that you will live a life of prayer where depression can come near you where fear can come near you because God has not given you the spirit of fear but the spirit of boldness of faith, of love and a sound mind I pray for you today that you will grow in your prayer life that you will be able to spend one hour, two hours, three hours in the place of prayer seeking God and crying out to God and thanking God for the things he has done I pray for you today that your relationship with God will be strengthened, will be strengthened, will be strengthened. I want you to stand now and just begin to pray, begin to thank God now, begin to talk to him as your father, begin to pray and pray in the spirit now. Just pray in the spirit for one minute now. Rapakoto, la branda ambe katahe, e katabaha, la sotara, jakatabara basonda. It is written, he that prayed in tongue speaks mysteries unto God. You edify yourself when you speak mysteries to God. Come on, begin to pray. When we talk about prayer, it's one thing to preach about it or talk about it, but let's do some practical exercise now. Let's spend some next few minutes in prayer. Maragada, rakahaba shokatahaila, landam paragada hande, rakasotomo. Come on, touch the throne of heaven now. Touch God in the place of prayer. Matekahela, asada bahande, rabashondele basande baya, rebeka tahembo shoto hondo, matakaila, lava hasante begede, rebeka hando boshondo loho, nabrika tayinda ba, zekebe pehenta balada, reka shoto bombo, lasambro kadandia, lahande beke sonda lada, rakashata. Come on, press deep in the place of prayer. Press deep now and begin to receive things from God. Begin to receive whatever you need from God. And as you receive it, believe that what you are asking Him for, what you are believing for, shall come to pass. Marebo Hosoto, Braha Sandalaba, Lebreke Sebrandaha, Lesoto Boshandara, Endeprika Tambrodo, Rehepre Sandalaba Sanda, Lebere Sotabrokolaina, Eshepreka Sototo, Ekaton Brika Sabrada, Laha.
thank you, Lord. Begin to thank him. Just thank him now. I'm telling you, thank him. Something is happening. Something is happening. Thank him now. Thank him now. Yes, Lord, we thank you. We thank you. Thank you for the answer prayers. You said, well, we pray. We believe. We receive it. Lord, we thank you for the answer prayers. We thank you, Father, for the answer prayers. We thank you because it is done. We give you praise. We give you praise. I'm telling you, preaching about prayer is one thing. But leading us in the practical aspect is something else. Let's thank you now for answer prayers. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we give you praise. Blessed be your name. I want you to declare this with me in the name of Jesus. I declare from today, I am not a weak Christian. I'm not a powerless Christian. I'm not a prayerless Christian. I decide from today, I'm a powerful Christian. I'm a victorious Christian because I'm a prayerful Christian. I'll live in prayer. I will live a life of prayer. I release the power of God in the place of prayer. I defeat the enemy in the place of prayer. I receive spiritual victory, spiritual breakthrough, conquest over the works of the enemy in the place of prayer. Father, thank you. Holy Spirit, help me to pray. Empower me to pray. Energize me to pray. Let it be a lifestyle in my life. All the days of my life. Thank you, Lord. Because it is done. Come on, give the Lord a praise. Give him a clap of praise. Lord, we worship you. Glorify your name in our lives. As we go, let your presence go with us. I cover everyone here with the blood of Jesus. Let your favor go with us. Let your blessings go with us. Whatever we lay hands upon this week shall prosper and flourish. I declare this week and the rest of the month of, of June, testimonies will overtake you. Favor will overtake you. The answers to prayer you have been waiting for shall begin to manifest in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Before we say the grace, um, our sister, is, are you going to have your exam this week? Is it this week or next week? Uh, next week. So we have one Sunday right before then. Okay, so we'll pray for you next Sunday, right? Because I want, the, I want the prayer to be close to the exam, right? Amen. Praise God. We believe God for her. She's going to write her northern exam and succeed and come out successfully and her license will be issued in Jesus' name. Amen. The devil is, has lost the battle. The devil has delayed her miracle long enough, but now we have recovered it in the place of prayer. Amen. So Amen. next week we'll be praying for her. Amen. The Lord is your strength. We pray for Sister Yoli. Lord, wherever she is now, we pray your blessing upon her. We pray protection upon her. We pray favor upon her. Keep her, preserve her. We pray for her and her family and every other member of, the, of this ministry. Those who have not started coming because of coronavirus, Lord, I release your grace, your strength, your healing, and your, your mercy upon them, O God. Lord, we thank you because you are bringing them back at the right time. And as they come, their lives will never remain the same. Amen. We give you praise. Let your name be glorified. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.